Hello and welcome back to Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly wrestling podcast that's more color commentary than play-by-play. Each week we dig into Raw, SmackDown, recent pay-per-views, and wrestling news, plus all the random stuff we can't wait to talk about with each other and you. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can check out some of our older episodes at wrestlingisforgirls.com, and you can always visit us on Twitter at WIFGirlsPod, where we would love to uh, hear your thoughts and uh, your corrections on the things that we got wrong this week and any other week that you happen to listen. I am Abigail. I am here with Jillian. And I think we are ready to talk about SmackDown. I am ready. Let's do it. How ready are you on a scale of 1 to 10? 11. Damn. I don't actually know. You know what? SmackDown I was way more into this week. So yeah, SmackDown merits the 11. Can't be tamed. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. I'm with you on that. So we started SmackDown with the extremely, as always, exciting announcement that the bloodline is in your city in Buffalo. Um, And I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a sign in the audience someone had that said Jay and Sammy in a heart. (laughs) I didn't see that. There was a there was I was too distracted by this kid in the audience wearing what I think was a Peruvian soccer jersey. So I just kept pointing (laughs) at it and trying to get my husband to see it. So. Uh, I did not see the excellent sign. I think it's great. Like, people are really feeling the love. They're feeling Jay finding peace. Sammy finding acceptance. This is a beautiful time. I especially loved that, you know, they, like, specifically made it about Sammy. I thought that was really cute. And Jimmy actually did some talking. Jimmy doesn't talk that much, it seems like. But he was actually chatting it up, and it was nice. And their little handshake dance was adorable. It made me really happy. I really liked, I liked hearing from Jimmy and I also really liked like that he was, he's a better leader than Roman, right? He's like, he's kind. He values his teammates. He's in it (laughs) with them. He's like, let's take a moment for recognition. Not like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm really fucking cool. And everyone is kind of afraid of me. Recognize me. Recognize me. (laughs) (laughs) And I get it, right? Like you've walked through life. Um, looking like Roman Reigns and being as tall as Roman Reigns is. And like, of course, like recognizing you has been a priority for many, many people. But my dude, we are we're a team now. And that's not how we do it. How tall is Roman Reigns? Tall enough. Okay. I didn't know if you knew. <laughs> no Sometimes idea. you know like exact stats. I was like, is he six foot seven? Is he six foot four? I'm going to look it up while we're talking. Yeah, definitely. Definitely look it up. Because I am... Well, of course, there's also the build height, the what he's billed right. as, right? Like, yeah, he's billed at six foot twenty, and six hundred pounds. <laughs> six foot three is what the internets are saying. That's uh, that's the perfect height. And his real name is Joe. <laughs> so approachable. <laughs> <laughs> so down to earth. <sighs> I feel well, like that's that's his like. His first name's actually Leati, I think. Mm-hmm. Leati Joseph Joe. So anyway. I feel Joe. like it, it kind of reflects the dichotomy between like the reality of Roman Reigns, who is this extremely nice guy who like, you know, is kind to people and does make a wish stuff, 
yeah. and who I saw a video of him riding a hoverboard earlier this week. <laughs> and then like, you know, Amazing. Roman Reigns of the bloodline, who's just a monster. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Seth Rollins' real name being Colby. Like, I'll never get over it. <laughs> no, neither will I. Colby's a middle schooler. I'm sorry, Seth, if you're listening to this, but it's Colby so is true. Colby is struggling with grade six math. He's really stressed about the science fair that's coming up, and he is not sure that he's going to make the transition to Little League this year. And it's the first dance that they're ever going to have in middle school. And so they're like, he's like... Am I going to have a date? Do I, I do I go? Do I even like anybody? It's, there's a lot happening in his life. His palms are sweaty <laughs> right now. They're just permanently sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the one thing we do know is that Colby is going to wear a kick-ass suit to the spring <laughs> semi-formal. <laughs> but it'll still be small enough so the jacket won't be short on him yet. It'll just be <laughs> yes, regular length jacket. You know, the teachers are chaperoning and they're like, do you find it odd that that Colby is always dressed like a trapper keeper? Is that unusual? (laughs) Oh, the trapper keeper outfits. They're so good. Seriously. So, you know, we're having a really nice moment for our friends in the bloodline. And uh, then the brawling brutes are like, screw this. Screw this. Yeah. Well, and... Seamus comes out and says he doesn't want to beat up a fellow ginger, which is really funny because when you put Seamus next to Sammy, Sammy no longer looks like a ginger. Like I was like, Sammy's hair suddenly looks brown. Yes. Like I feel really like funny. Seamus is the mold from which all other gingers have broken off. And like, you know, the edges are smoothing off and it's getting less intense over time. He's yes. the alpha ginger. It's like look that multiplicity. Sammy's like the eighth incarnation (laughs) i've never actually seen that movie so i don't know it was probably a really bad insult to sammy i'm sorry sammy i feel like that was probably the best summary summary ever (laughs) thank you so i wanted to see if i was alone and how i i felt about this because of course like action breaks out right and you know sammy has has his moment and i'm like i want to see sammy win it like, I, I love that the bloodline of the Usos are behind him, right? Mm-hmm. But I also, I like that we saw a team effort. Good for them all. They're all on the same page. But I just wanted Sammy to get the win in and feel, like, really good about himself without, like, a major assist. Yeah. I That was one of the things I thought of because we had spoken at some point weeks ago about the t- the kind of heels that the Usos are mm-hmm. and that they seemed like if it's honorable heels, right? Like in the sense that like, yeah, they're the bad guys, but they don't always resort to like dumb bad guy tactics in order to win. And it feels like they're doing that kind of. And I was kind of disappointed. So yeah, I I wanted Sammy just to like win. Like it's a through line for the bloodline. That's catchy, right? A through line. Like they are definitely a package deal, but I think, I guess my feeling is it's been more for Roman's benefit. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, maybe what I'm reacting to is we've seen Sammy more in that support role and now he's benefiting from it. Yeah. He's also getting that support. But yeah. And this is something else I wanted to ask you about. Um, How do you think Solo Sokoa is feeling about all of this? They really focused on him being like the enforcer 
Yes. And I feel like that was kind of the theme throughout the night and into Raw, like later, that he's just like the muscles. And I, <laughs> I just think that like, I don't know. He seems to like that. He doesn't seem to mind. He doesn't seem to like really be bothered by it. He doesn't want to like do the happy handshakes and stuff, but it seems like he just wants to beat people up. So I, I, I think he's happy. Okay, so this is this is my my I don't want to say theory, but I guess where I'm picking at the edges, right? Because we've been talking about what's going to bring the bloodline down. How will yeah. they meet there? And it feels like right now they're stronger than ever. Like things are really good. And I, maybe it's just because yeah. I'm looking for a problem, mm -hmm. but I feel like Solo is starting to give off like an annoyance with okay with like the clubby aspect of what's happening here. Okay. Um, and he also, and you know, Lord forgive me. I can't remember if this happened on SmackDown or raw, but he also, um, kind of gave a little tribute to Umaga. I and think that I, was on raw. I think you're right. I think it was on raw. Yeah. And I, I wonder if between like the kind of looking a little bored and judgy, and mm -hmm. this kind of like reference to family like what if solo is getting tired with the drift from what the bloodline is he could be my my fear with that a reservation with that is like i mean i i see it as a possibility but then i see we've made a lot of comparisons of him to samoa joe mm -hmm. kind of the same vibe and I feel like if he does drift away, I feel like he's just going to keep on drifting like <laughs> the way of Samoa Joe. Like he was really hot for a while and then just gone. Mm -hmm. And that would be kind of sad because I don't know. I think he's he put on quite a display. Absolutely. Um, I'm a big Samoa Joe stan. I'm happy to see him in AEW now. Um, oh, he's there. OK. That's yeah, good. he's there. And, you know, things don't work out with me and Wade Barrett. Mm. I would totally make a great Mrs. Joe also. So just something to keep in mind. I feel like you like grumpy looking men. I absolutely do like grumpy looking men, which is hilarious because my <laughs> husband is like a ray of sunshine. It's so true. <laughs> he is a he's, ray of sunshine. He's the only nice man I've ever liked in my life. Well, there you go. It worked but, out. So I, I don't know if this is one of those things where like I think this would be a cool storyline and I'm kind of like finding the breadcrumbs where I want them. Mm -hmm. or if there might and I think it's also kind of it's kind of interesting for me because right now like you know Jay has been so angry for so long and so questioning and now he's like so high on the unified bloodline yeah so I feel like that's kind of an interesting predicament with like we had a really strong doubting Thomas and now he's kind of like towing the party line mm-hmm and I think that would be an interesting time for uh, for Solo to be like, this isn't what I signed up for. I want to enforce, but not like this. Like, you know, I, I think we should all be able to get it done on our own. Like, I can get it done on my own. It seems like at some point Roman's going to be like, it's like herding cats. Like, you just you can't <laughs> keep them all together. They just keep breaking off in different directions. I think it would be kind of fun if somehow this new unified, like, Usos... Sammy, maybe Solo, I don't know, turn on Roman mm. because they don't like his leadership and are like, we don't, this doesn't feel good. 
Like they kick him to the curb for a better, more unified democratic bloodline. Yes. I like that. Because there's no such thing as a one-man bloodline. I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's right? that's just some blood. <laughs> just a puddle. <laughs> it's just a puddle. <laughs> ah. A and quick of course, side note. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I just yeah. wondered, did you notice that Seamus looked like someone had, like, put a cat on his chest and then hosed it with water because he was <gasps> so scratched up? I was like, what the fuck did he get so scratched up? What's happening? I mean, I feel like Seamus frequently looks like he was just tenderized (laughs) in one way or another. So many small injuries all over his body. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Seamus looks like my legs in the summertime. (laughs) Like I've been wearing shorts. I've been bumping into things outdoors. It's just a hot mess. And like that's Seamus. He's always (laughs) modestly injured. Bless you both. Yes, I mean, hopefully we make it through this. I have no idea. <laughs> the hematomas are real and the suffering is real. Um, so then I think, you know, I kind of want to take the take the through line of the bloodline right through to, I know, I'm sorry, once I get a catchphrase, it's too late, right no, through to right. Raw. Um, so there we've got... Uh, We've got a little bit of a tag team set up where we've got the Usos versus Matt Riddle and a longtime bloodline not enthusiast, Kevin Owens. Yeah. Uh, well, because what they they beat up Elias. Yes. Oh, right. I shouldn't have skipped over that. I'm sorry. That was bad oh, no, reporting. It's okay. It's okay. They beat mm-hmm. up Elias. Yes. Which I'm fine with. I mean, I like Elias, but. And I was kind of interested to see where the Elias Matt Riddle thing would go, honestly, because That's Elias kind of seemed like, eh, about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's gone. Who was called a certified oosologist? Oh my goodness, who was called a certified oosologist? I don't know who wrote it or who said Shoot. it. I wrote it down. I wrote down <sighs> quote certified oosologist. Yes, and I, didn't I know who said it. Also have that, and I did not note who said it. Classic me. God, this is a shit podcast. <laughs> Let's just quit. Let's just give up. <laughs> this is the last episode of Wrestling is for Girls. Next week, join us for Wrestling is for People Who Take Poor Notes. <laughs> I was excited to see KO, as always. And yes. I had made this note that, like, adding on to something that you had said, I think when we were talking about Survivor Series, that the cards now seem to be less about, like, Oh, by the time you get to the end of the night, like that's the baddest match. And I mean bad in a good way. And now they're just like front loading it because this was a heck of a match. Yes. Like it was really, really good. I think um, one thing as I heal my relationship with dad and I craft this week's letter, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, congratulations on opening shows with just either the funniest shit ever or absolute bangers and nothing in between. Thank you for that. I'm really enjoying it. Makes yeah. me happy. There was, for me, there was one disappointment in this match. Okay. So when Elias was taken out, I was like, oh my gosh, Randy's coming back. <laughs> I had a moment where I thought maybe that too. It's Randy time. And, yeah. Uh, I was a little salty that it wasn't <laughs> Randy time because for me, it's always Randy time. I freaking love Randy Orton. I was hoping, I kept saying when, uh, you know, at the end when Solo's trying to kill Matt Riddle, I, <laughs> I was saying, like, Randy's going to come out and save him. Any Randy's minute now. Come save him. 
I was really ready for it, and he never came, and I was really sad because that like, just would have been a, such a great return. Yes, yeah, like such a great moment. Like the really inept cameraman pans away and is like filming <laughs> the floor in front of the announce table for some reason, and all of a sudden he pans back, and Randy is like slithering towards, <laughs> and like Matt Riddle doesn't know he's there yet, and then they lock eyes, and it's like RK Bro is together again. Yes, it'd be so great. <sighs> I mean, Randy, I hope you're doing okay. And I don't want you to come back to work until you're ready, but uh, we miss you, bro. We What's going you. on with him? I believe he sustained an injury. Oh, okay. So poor Randy. Yeah. I know. And poor. I us. think that dude's gonna be wrestling until he just like <laughs> completely falls apart. I don't see him ever quitting. And I'm I'm totally here for it. I it's am the same. Totally I'm like same with Edge. Just like just yes. Please don't retire because you need to take care of yourself. Just. <laughs> Do it for my enjoyment only. Like, okay, it's great to take care of yourself, but don't forget to take care of me. Yeah, I mean, let's <laughs> let's look at our needs here. I think mine are more right. important. Thank you. Also, you get money from it, so right. it's a win-win. And I mean, if we take this back to like a sociological perspective and we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. Randy Orton is the base of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton, food, shelter, clothing. Yep. That's fair. That's it. So I'm with you. The only other the only other issue I had with this match is that when you have this sort of like impromptu tag team, you know that they are not going to win. Yeah. So it feels like this match is only going to end in utter bedlam or retention. Those are the only options that I have. Yeah, I mean, there was no no title was going to happen. No. I, I guess unless maybe it was John Cena that had come out to help. I feel like whenever it was John Cena, they'd always be like, well, obviously they have to win. Well, I mean, there was a really strong correlation, like kind of like, you know, Pavlovian, that when you hear dun, 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 a title <laughs> will change hands. So that is a real true. thing. Absolutely. It's basic thugonomics. So. <laughs> but this leads me to a question that I have. Um, okay. So... You know, we learned this week, or I guess I learned, but I really don't think I was the only one via Wrestling Observer that, you know, Drew has been modestly injured. And that is why going into next week, it's not going to be Seamus and Drew facing the Usos. It's going to be Seamus and Butch. Yeah. Which, you know, fine. Great. I mean, obviously, the show has a strong Drew McIntyre bias. Yeah, it's a total. I mean, Butch is fine, but what a fucking downgrade! I know, right? <laughs> so, like, I tell me how you feel about this. When I believed it was Seamus and Drew, I was like, "Oh, there's a chance that they could un like mm-hmm. they, they could dethrone the Usos." But mm-hmm. now, I what do you think now with this change? <sighs> I I don't think it's possible. I just don't think they're gonna. I I don't think Bush Bush. I don't, th- I don't, <laughs> I don't think, think Gavin Ross will play a big role <laughs> at all. I just don't think Butch is the guy to to do it. I mean, maybe if they'd paired KO mm-hmm. and Sheamus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I don't see it happening because I don't. They're like pulling Butch out of his tag team with Ridge, Ridgey? which seems kind of weird. Then to like add into Seamus so it just doesn't feel plausible that's kind of how I feel too um 
And, you know, I guess along with that, uh, wishes for a speedy and successful recovery to Drew McIntyre because uh, we miss you. It's true, Drew. Get better. Get better, Drew. Do it. Do it for Scotland and do it for your greatest supporters here in the States. I had read something about that, that, yeah, they said it was a minor injury. Yeah. And that he'd probably be back within the next couple of weeks. So I wonder what kind of injury that would be. Jammed finger. Jammed finger is always possible. (laughs) Uh, You know, pulled hammy. Yeah. Sprained ankle. Yeah. Tennis elbow. (laughs) Swimmer's ear. Swimmer's ear. (laughs) Some illness specific to Scotland. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, you know. Yeah. Then there was only one other thing I wanted to mention uh, before we move on to some other SmackDown excitement. Okay. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, every year Pro Wrestling Illustrated, you know, they have their... I believe it's top 500 wrestlers, but they also have a top 100 tag teams. I did not know about this. Yeah. And this year, the Usos were named the number one top tag team for 2022. Yeah. So that's exciting. How do you feel about that? Would you rank them as, I mean, I'm saying this is in our very small wrestling universe, not the entire world of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Do you, do you feel like they deserve the number one spot? Absolutely. Yeah, I do too. I freaking love the Usos. Like, I love New Day, don't get me wrong, but Absolutely. the focus hasn't been on New Day. The focus has been on the Usos and the Bloodline, yes. and they've really killed that storyline. So, Yeah, and I think it really hit home for me too the other day when you were like, you know, we've been enjoying the Usos for approximately 300 years now. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have been. Like, they've been turning it out for a long yeah. fucking time. And I'm not sick of them yet. I often get sick of people. I'm not sick of them. No, there's there's two things in this life you haven't gotten sick of, and it's me and the Usos. Mm-hmm. And I really respect that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let's yeah. See if it goes down first. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely going to be me. The Usos are so much better than me. Like, they're more interesting. They have actual talents. They're attractive. Stick with the Usos. They don't host a podcast with me. Yeah, they probably would, though, if they knew you. I don't know. They're I don't think they'd cool. call me Us. <laughs> pretty oozy i think they'd be out as soon as i tried to use yeet (laughs) (laughs) they'd be like nope (sighs) (laughs) so yeah i guess uh congratulations to the usos uh and uh best wishes for a speedy recovery to drew that's super exciting so skipping ahead a little bit um we saw kofi backstage with imperium The mm-hmm. nicest guys on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> God, they give me creep vibes. It's so creepy. <laughs> it's always exciting because Kofi announced he was going to be in the Rumble. Yes. Kofi's like top five favorite Rumble dudes because he Rumble always without does him. something amazing every single mm-hmm. time. So I'm only imagining what they're planning. But my favorite bit of this little backstage vignette was when he, <laughs> he was like imperium should say imperiuck <laughs> i was like that's amazing kofi oh that's a good dad joke kofi it's so good i love him i love him so much so i wanted to talk a little bit i guess this isn't so much about the royal rumble but the idea that we're not gonna have a main roster pay-per-view for december yeah. So we're going to go 
I mean, we're gonna have deadline in NXT, and I have to tell you that every time they show the ad with HBK talking about deadline, and he's trying to explain the match, and he's like, there will be 15 men on one side and 42 women on the other. Each contestant will have two and a half minutes, during which they will be provided the Oxford English Dictionary, a quart of Gatorade, and a hammer. They will then construct a steel cage, mousetrap style. From there, they will be given saws to fight their way into the cage. Then they will be welded into the cage and it will be submerged underwater. And there will be 37 minutes during which they will experience Greco-Roman style wrestling in mud. Like, it's so complicated. I'm like, I can't. I actually haven't heard him explain it. So I'm going to have to pay closer attention. They do these ads where he's there and he's like in a very serious face. He's like, I'm HBK and I am here to school you bitches. And then like they put up (laughs) all these different things that are going to be like stipulations of the match and like rules for it. And I'm like, this is literally like when you go to a friend's house and they invite you over to play games and you think you're going to play Cards Against Humanity and get drunk. And then they pull out one of those strategy games of which I know you are a big fan and are like, okay, so look, it takes 57 minutes of gameplay to set it up. And then after that, it's a quick three to six hours to play through to the end. I would never do that to you. Just feel, I know because I'm not smart enough for those games, but it feels like one oh of those God. things like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Anyway. I, um, I feel like those commercials come on and I just my brain immediately <laughs> shuts off. So I'm really going to have to pay attention next time because it sounds I am intrigued by the insanity of what's going to come. And to be fair, like all things, I am exaggerating and complaining because I didn't immediately know what he was talking about, you know, but it's, it's all a valid. lot. It's a lot. So I drifted from my initial question a little here. How do okay. you feel about this break in pay-per-views? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? I am always excited to have a pay-per-view, but for sure. I mean, wasn't it once upon a time when they just had like the big four and like you had like a quarterly pay-per-view was there always one every single month forever so for my tenure as a wrestling fan there was one every month okay or it feels like at least close to every month yeah like you know it's it's one of those things i feel like for a long time i didn't pay a lot of attention to when i started watching wrestling it was just like yeah my friend's gonna put the pay-per-view on and i'm not like actively pursuing it but i feel like that monthly cadence has been a thing for me for a long time Okay. I, I've known for a while they haven't been doing it. I haven't really let it sink in, but it seems like, I mean, I'm always excited to watch a pay-per-view. It's always fun, but I, sure. I can't help but wonder if like, I like to think this is a chance for them to actually have some rest and, you know, cause going into the I, survivor series was pretty damn brutal. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if, you know, then you go into the Royal rumble, which is also pretty damn crazy. I don't know. Maybe they're just giving them a nice little break. I, I'll be fine without one. December is a pretty busy month, but I, right. if they said we're going to have one, I'd be like, cool. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think I feel the way that you feel like I'd be happy to have one. But I also kind of like that we're giving ourselves a lot of time to build up the, the narrative yes. around this like cornerstone pay-per-view. I mean, this is the mm-hmm. road to WrestleMania, right? Right. So, like, yeah, take your time with that. Uh, bake your cake slowly and carefully. Measure your ingredients on a scale, Dad. Take your time. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way, and I, I like that because it does often seem like, 
I mean, they'll have storylines going with, with like the minor pay-per-views kind of furthering those stories sometimes or they'll right. culminate in those stories. But I think it is nice that there is more time now to build up to the Royal Rumble, which, like you said, is like because the winner gets to go to WrestleMania, right? Isn't that like mm-hmm. do yeah. they headline it? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, they've got a they've got a title shot. So, OK, so that'll be I'm I fucking love the Rumble. Me too. Plus, I mean, you know, whoever wins the Rumble has one really important responsibility leading up to WrestleMania. To point at the sign? Pointing at that sign every <laughs> time they're in the ring. I know, it's so The annoying. best. They point at the sign all the time. It's right there. Point. It's right there. <laughs> I'm going to hit a baseball there. Okay, that would actually be legit amazing. <laughs> or like, they have a basketball and they shoot it through the O in Royal. <laughs> And then it kills whoever it is. Yes. And then there's a horrible death. <laughs> but beautiful so pyros. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> so moving on, I, I think we're arriving at what I know is now my favorite part of every week on SmackDown. <laughs> the Bray Wyatt feelings hour. It really is the best. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just laugh now every time I see him because yeah. I... I'm imagining what we're going to talk about. And currently he's an old man t- complaining about technology and manners. <laughs> yes. I was like, did you spend a lot of time with JBL this week? Just talking about his anti-youth bias. And what the heck? <laughs> it was amazing. And he's also, um, he wants to uh, go back to pre-social contract life. A la Thomas Hobbs. Yes. Where it was, life was nasty, brutish and short. I guess that's yeah. That's right. I read Thomas Hobbes. Well, you really did. I mean, I know you did, but still, that was <laughs> that was like authoritatively delivered. Thank you. Thank I you. I am so proud to be friends with a philosopher. <laughs> like, how cool! Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I feel like I personally do not think the problem with the world is that too many people have manners. Nope. I would argue if the pandemic and airplanes have taught us anything in the last few years is that far too few people have manners of any kind. Yep. But like, I I do think this sort of like rejection of the social contract for abject brutality because he cannot imagine finding his own civility within that social contract is another fantastic chapter. In my forthcoming book on Bray Wyatt and tosc- toxic masculinity. I desperately need you to pitch this book to somebody. <laughs> like, I, doesn't WWE you? sometimes print their own books? Like, I feel like you could, <laughs> you could definitely get it through the WWE press. Dear Dad, you did not contribute to my college fund, so now I need you to do me a freaking solid. <laughs> print it. I really enjoyed that. Uh, so he was talking about LA Knight. He's just basically like... <laughs> I didn't I didn't do that to him because I would have fucking vaporized that dude if I had. That was amazing. <laughs> it was there wouldn't to- be I think he said there would be nothing left of him. Yes. It's just like he just would have turned to dust. It is totally like some frat boy at a party. It's like, you know, Chad said I started shit with him, but I got to be honest with you, brah. If I'd started shit with Chad, there wouldn't be a Chad because I would have just pounded his ass into the pavement, you know? And they would like crush <laughs> a beer can on his head. I love you pick the name Chad. It's so I perfect. Mean, if they're frat boys. Are people still naming Chad. their children Chad? 
I mean, I hope not, but I mean, I feel like we've moved on. So like there were Chad's yeah. and then there were Brock's and now there's like Brixton's. Yeah. And you know, the like. Yeah. Jaden's. Kaden's. Lots of Jaden's out Braden's. there. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to imagine a baby named Chad and it was really weird. <laughs> it is pretty, it is pretty odd. I feel like it's one of those names like Harold, you know, it's just kind of fading from the consciousness. Do you think Bray will be in the Royal Rumble? I wonder if instead of being in the Rumble, if he is going to have a dedicated match with LA Knight. Okay. I'm Which, just I wondering mean, like how many more weeks until we actually see him wrestle. <laughs> Um, 12. He's going to be in the 2028 Royal Rumble. Don't get ahead of yourself. (laughs) We've got a lot more feelings to talk through. It's going to be in space. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I mean, I guess there's two possibilities, right? Like he has a dedicated match with him and LA Knight or they meet in the Rumble. Yeah. Which is always fun because I love when they meet there and it's like the whole There's like the pause moment where they're staring at each other and everybody freaks out. Yeah, that's always really fun. You you know. Yeah. And I I feel like if there's one thing I could say to Bray Wyatt, you know, after we've been talking about his feelings all this time and, you know, being pretty hard on him for not only the feelings talk, but the amount of time it takes him to get to the ring Mm -hmm. and to deliver his talks is like Mm I'm a hundred percent okay with him murdering LA Knight. Yeah. That's what he needs to do. Like and it's not anything I really have against LA Knight, but like, go ahead, sweetie. Do what you need to do. I just need him to do f- something. <laughs> Fucking do something, man. Like Um He's doing shadow work right now and healing his inner child. Feeling is doing something, okay? That's true. <laughs> I just wonder if he has like the same five bullet points about his like <laughs> personality or what he's supposed to be doing and he just keeps reworking them into different sentences so that he can talk about them and he's like Absolutely. really gonna run out he's got the thesaurus out he's got a crossword puzzle dictionary he's really working on it and he's just like i'm gonna run out of time here man he's like furiously googling how to add 200 words to your essay in 30 minutes or less <laughs> like he just kind of needs that guidance he's 2.5 spacing <laughs> I mean, what's the difference really between 13 and 12 point font? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing there. It's nothing there. But yeah, I, I'm i very excited to see like things start happening at this Me point between too. them. Yeah. So moving ahead, um, our next topic for discussion is not a match or a rivalry. It's a repackaging package. I don't fucking get it. Um, Lacey Evans, who I don't think either of us have ever been especially a fan of, is coming back bigger and better and more sponsored by the Department of Defense than ever before. I don't I really don't get it. Like, I don't get why they needed to repackage her. Why the fuck was she wearing so much makeup when she's crawling through like the mud or the sand pit or whatever? Like nobody wears that much makeup. Also, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to have your hair in a ponytail like that when you're in uniform. Like, that shit's supposed to be up. I don't think you're allowed to wear dark eye makeup and lash extensions when you're in basic training. <laughs> she was a Marine, right? Isn't that yes. the thing? So, like, why is she, I don't understand why she's going back to the Marines. I don't get uh, it. Like, clearly, you've never seen a comeback story. She's going back to basics. <sighs> so she's... I, She's just going to go through multiple basic trainings. 
I mean, I feel like Lacey Evans, okay, we had to do something with Lacey Evans or we had to ask her not to come into work anymore, which feels like a harsh solution. Yeah. Because, like, she was a pinup girl and, like, a Southern Belle, I guess. And then she was a woman who wore, like, low-rise pants with a high-cut leotard kind of look, which to me is not a character trait so much as a fashion crime. Wow. 1993 called. Okay. Yeah. I like I don't know I feel like I haven't seen Lacey Evans much lately but the one time that we did I was like oh what's she doing here so I I liked I liked her as a pinup girl I like pinup girls so I find that kind of fun I thought the southern bell thing was stupid but I I don't know she's not untalented as a wrestler like I just feel like there's something they could do with her I, I don't there has to be some other thing she can be interested in that isn't directly connected to some aspect of her personality or her past. Right? Like, I feel like it might be time to give her a character. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't like, know what that would be, but... But anything... I mean, just try anything. Just... We're already trying anything. We've been throwing shit at the wall for a really long time, R.E. Lazy Evans. So throw some more shit. Yeah. But not this shit. No. It also... It wigged me out a little. To see, like, thanks to the Department of Defense in the tiny text at the bottom of the... Oh, I didn't see that. That feels like a deal with the devil, doesn't it? Mm, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like, please get the military-industrial complex out of my brainless entertainment, okay? Thanks. Yeah, we don't really need that. No, I, I mean... I mean, I don't know. I guess it just goes along with all the other weird shit they do on the show sometimes where they have, like, random celebrities on that are just, like, super questionable. Jake and Logan Paul, for example. Yeah, I don't miss them. Do you miss them? Nope. Yeah, they kind of just disappeared. That's great. I don't miss them either. Ugh. 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 That's great. It's It's like a palate cleanser. They're gone. I mean, Logan Paul won't be back for the Rumble. He can't, right? Because he's got to have, like quadruple knee surgery or whatever but his brother might show up oh, what if his brother shows up for the rumble what if he's ugh what if we repackage Lacey Evans as a Paul sibling <laughs> Lacey Paul give her a weird mullet perm yes she could rock it <laughs> it would be amazing if they just hugs her brother too much <laughs> it's coming together I'm going to put this in the letter absolutely please We're gonna get do this done. pitch it do it so something completely different. We we now have Kofi coming back and he's not going to take it from Imperium anymore. And I guess they're not going to take it from him either. And their largest and most brutal member, Gunther, yeah, is here to set things straight. So I think Imperium's music is better than them. Um, mm, sometimes I feel that way about it feels a little Jaws but like once it gets going I like how it sounds um, one thing uh, I think it was I think it was your man Wade said something that made me really uncomfortable <laughs> oh no which he is wont to do sometimes um, they see the new day and they're like as a sideshow that needs to be exterminated. <laughs> oh, oh, honey. And I was like, oh, it's not a really great thing to say about dudes who are like coded as being very German. I mean, and I, you know, like yeah. 
I'm not sure what you were going there, going for there, Wade, but that was, that was, <laughs> I was you know, like, what is happening right now? Take grandpa away from the microphone. You know how sometimes you're, uh, you're in the moment <laughs> and then you realize you're a little too in the moment and you need to step back and get some perspective. Yeah. That times like a hundred, my dude. Let's, I mean, usually I'm a big advocate of your mic work, but this is not, this yeah. is not it. <laughs> he seems to really like colonization. <sighs> yeah. And he really has been an advocate. World War II buff. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm I mean, not sure what to say. I feel like recently when I think about his comments on colonization, all I can think of is the opening of the Heart of Darkness, where the narrator is sort of like looking at the map carved up in the colors of various colonies and being like, and here's pink for England and how wonderful. And it's like, dude, no, <laughs> dude, no, that was that was uh, satirizing that voice. That was not an enthusiastic embrace. And you should not try to go there. Yeah. <laughs> and also don't say anything about World War Two ever again. Go take a nap. Take a nap. Sleep it off. what do we uh what do we think about what do you think about this match um i like that braun came in to help i'm always happy when braun comes a running in (laughs) he's really taken the razor blade to his uh old navy rock star jeans yeah they're showing somewhere they're very distressed but it was kind of weird because he came in and like sort of cleaned up the two side dudes and then they like all disappeared like they were just gone and then it was just like Kofi and Gunter again yeah but I kind of also like I like that Kofi didn't win because Braun basically won the match for him yeah do you know what I mean like yes there was absolutely an assist but it was like a leveling the playing field assist but didn't Gunter win this yeah I'm I'm sorry I didn't say that wrong Okay, I am glad that the intervention okay. was didn't not cause him to win. Yes, it didn't cause okay. him to win. It didn't cause him to lose. It was basically like Kofi stood in that match on Kofi's yeah. merits, even yes. though, okay. yeah, I didn't, I didn't phrase that correctly, but that's what I mean. Like I was happy to see that, like it didn't overshadow what Kofi was doing. Yeah, win lose, Kofi was the determiner of Kofi's fate in that match. You don't often see Kofi wrestle big dudes. Like, yeah, he really held his own. I thought it was, I thought it was a good match. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't love Imperium. I don't love Gunter. I love Kofi, but he was really, like, we don't see Kofi on his own much anymore. And I think it was interesting to see him like this again. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love Imperium, but I love Kofi a lot too. And I, I thought. I thought it was something, you're right, that we don't see a ton of, but that was really fun and really well executed. Yeah. Also, there was just a chop delivered to Kofi that I was like, oh, he's going to die because his sternum It probably stopped his heart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some of those chops are absolutely brutal. I don't know how Mm. they handle it. I don't want to be chopped ever. Nope. Um, You know, so if you see me out and about, do not chop me as a greeting because I will hate that shit. Um, eventually we start doing video and someone like sponsors us and pays us a lot of money to chop each other. Like that's fine because we're both twice each. We're both pretty weak. Yeah. That's you're stronger than I am, but I feel like I can survive your chop. No offense. 
Well, n- none taken. I would be much more afraid of you cutting a promo on me. <laughs> like the emotional hurt is much worse than what you could do to my sternum. I wouldn't do that. Don't worry. Thank you. But I mean, what if like, you know, we'll give you $2 million to cut a promo on Jazzy A. I mean, I would and then I'd split it with you. Oh, yeah. I'm into that. But just yeah, be gentle. It'll be lies anyway. I, I'm not good at promoing. So don't worry. Here's what you can't say. You can't say Jazzy A is a whack name. I need you to respect my nom de plume. I absolutely will. Anything else is, is okay. Okay. So uh, here's something that's not okay with me. So I okay. want to talk a little bit about uh, damage control, Bailey, live, and then, of course, a return uh-huh. that occurred in this moment. Um, okay. I really like Bailey. I really do. Mm-hmm. But I hate when she says ding dong. <laughs> hate it. I think it's funny sometimes. I just... And then I'd been like thinking about this. And the very next day she posts something on Instagram about like, ding dong, here's this huge, nice charity thing I'm doing. And I'm like, Bailey, don't you fucking dare. Do not make me feel bad about hating ding dong. I like that she called it buffalo. (laughs) I also liked (laughs) buffalo. I'm much more pro buffalo than ding dong. That was very funny. Yes. Did you think that Liv Morgan was kind of dressed like a Cenobite? Yeah, I... I wonder if she's going to, like, the Scarlet School of lady wrestling dressing. Like, they all go shopping for PVC items mm-hmm. together. Yeah. It it feels like Liv is trying to find herself a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of works with her commitment to the, like, bitch, I'm fully nuts lifestyle. Yeah. She's casting about. She's learning who Liv is. And this week, Liv was a little bit of a Cenobite. Yeah. She's got to find the right Liv. And I mean, that that's all of us, right? Like, we all go through a period where we're just trying to find our live, you know? Yep. What did you uh, think about our Tegan Knox return? Did you have any familiarity with Tegan Knox? Nope. I had no idea who she was. I just thought she was, like, super 90s, like, those really mm. high-waisted pants. And, like, was it a crop top? Yes. It was a crop top and the big rip-outs and the high-waisted white yes, pants. Yes. That was so 90s. I was just like, wow, who is this person? It's like, it's 1996, and I just saw her, like, walking across the campus at my high school. Yeah. And I was envious that her mom ordered her a bunch of stuff from Delia's. Ugh. Delia's. I that look was by Delia's. Delia's. Damn Delia's. Um, yeah, who is she? So, Tegan Knox has a storied indies career, but she also did some time in NXT. Oh. And she was great there. She's really good. I'm happy to see her again, but I don't know a ton about her. Like, I'm not a Tegan Knox expert. She did have a tag team with Dakota Kai in the past. Oh. They were Team Kick. Because <laughs> they kick you. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then, of course, they had a rivalry. But So that might be interesting to revisit, like, if, if she's... Yeah. Uh, gonna get involved and give dakota something to do other than like sort of get worried about everything yeah so so then it's probably what like Liv and tegan versus dakota and then eo yeah yeah that would make sense to me i think that sounds interesting as bailey watches from afar i would tune in yeah bailey's kind of distracted doing other stuff Right. Yeah. I mean, we've got some like some stuff for Bailey coming up in our next uh, our next show. So, yes. 
So moving away from the ladies, we then had um, Santos Escobar mm-hmm. versus Ricochet, which I was very excited for because I like Ricochet a lot. That's no secret. Um, yeah. And I've been like wanting to be into Legado de Fantasma because I think they have a great aesthetic and great entrance music. Mm-hmm. But I learned something really interesting about Santos Escobar, and you may have already known this. Oh, okay. I probably didn't, but go ahead. Well, so you were a Lucha Underground fan, right? I didn't watch it as much as you did. But you've you've seen it. But I enjoyed it, yeah. Okay. Do you remember King Cuerno? Kind of. I mean, is this this guy has always looked really familiar to me. Is that who this is? Yes, he's King Cuerno, the guy who would like wear the big deer head and shit. Okay. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, like he did he did this kind of like archery thing and I was like, wait. Why do I know this? <laughs> and then I put my research assistant on the task, um, my husband. Ugh, I got to get one. Oh. And he was like, that's King Cuerno. That's awesome. So, I mean, I've been wanting to, like, get into these guys more. I already now fully love them because of this, because of the Lucha Underground connection. That's exciting. Like I said, I've been meaning to rewatch that. So, and I, I have plans. I don't know how you felt about this match, but I thought it was pretty spectacular. It was really great. Yes. I mean, I just feel like any match Ricochet's in is going to be really good, but obviously when you're also against another really good wrestler, it makes it that much better. I do think, I think it would have been fun if they'd had like a World Cup for Raw and a World Cup for SmackDown. Mm. And then the champs of those would fight each other. Yeah. Or, or they have like an NXT champ fight the SmackDown champ if they didn't do Raw and yeah. and then if an NXT person won they'd get a SmackDown contract I and like if the that. SmackDown person wins the SmackDown person wins whatever but right they get some like other kind of fun but yeah. I mean there was nothing wrong with this it was a great match um when Ricochet was <laughs> earlier Ricochet was talking about himself in the third person and I bless him I wanted to kick him in the head but yeah. um when he came out and he was like talking to the cup, <laughs> it's like, oh no, what are you doing? It looks so dumb. But I was really, really excited that he won. I didn't think he was going to win. Like, I absolutely didn't think they were. I thought they were going to push Santos Escobar. And I was going to be disappointed because I like Ricochet more. But I'm really happy with the outcome. No, I get that because, like, I really want to see Ricochet go places. And I feel like this is the first. Because I know that Santos Escobar was in. NXT right and I missed that run for him but like I feel like this is the first time I've really seen him shine mm-hmm. and like shine he did they were great yeah. together yeah um, I, they were, like, I agree just crazy spots like when Ricochet landed on his feet after a Hurricane Rana off the top rope I was like what are yeah. you doing that's video game physics stop it it is and I also love that for Ricochet a 450 isn't enough he has to do what a is- 630 yeah. <laughs> like up next, Ricochet does a 1600. <laughs> so it's just, it's just, wild to me. He just flips and just keeps rotating in midair yes. for eternity. It's like a spirograph. He just keeps going and going and going and going. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I also, there was one disappointment for me at the end. Okay. So, like, Gunther appears, right? Ricochet's okay. got the cup. I wanted him to hit Gunther with the cup. 
That would have been pretty great. Probably pretty harmful, but pretty great. Right. Like, I don't really want him to get injured, but I do want the optics of him getting hit with a big old trophy cup. That would be fun. I feel like that's not Ricochet's style, though, right? No, I feel like if it was a thing where he had to, like, defend himself legitimately or another, he would hit him with a cup. Yes. But he wouldn't do it for spite, which clearly is a Jazzy A move. (laughs) (laughs) Your true colors are coming out. See my true colors. <laughs> yeah. Hitting you with a cup. It's, it's who I am. I'm a cup assassin. That's all right. And then, so there's one thing that's not related to this match, but did happen sort of like punctuating the entrances of this match that I just want to talk about a little bit before we move on, which would be okay. uh, Scarlet and Carrie and Cross. <laughs> um, they are in a dark, secluded area. Yes. Things are shifting from color to black and white in really unpredictable ways. So I think hallucinogens are involved. Probably. And uh, she is reading wrestling tarot cards in spiked PVC gloves. <laughs> those tarot cards were fucking cool, though. They were amazing. I want those. I would buy a deck of those. I wonder if they, I feel like they would, I feel like people are, put it in a letter to dad. Say like, dad, I think you could really have a good sales thing because tarot cards are hot right now. Right? Like, why are you leaving the Woo Girl market untapped? Maybe they're there and it was just a well-placed ad for them. I would love that. I mean, like, I'm- let's get Wrestling Tarot. Let's get, like, Rey Mysterio crystals. It's a pack <laughs> of, like, 619 crystals. <laughs> so many crystals. Let's get, like, the Scarlet Dream Oracle that you, like, hang over your bed and say words of affirmation or something. Get all the Woo products out here. I have some disappointing news. I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. Uh, there are no tarot cards in the WWE shop, sadly. Son of a bitch. Maybe it'll happen. Uh, dear Dad, mm-hmm. I only want one thing for Christmas, and it is WWE tarot cards. That would be so cool. I would oh, learn tarot gosh. just for those. 100%. I mean, I'm like an amateur woo girl, so please, like, give yeah. me the excuse. We could I do also- readings on the show for each other. That would be fun. Oh my gosh, like we pull three cards for yep. our favorite wrestlers. Three cards for Drew McIntyre and his recovery. <laughs> we predict how their storylines are going to go. And then you just put it in the letter to Dad each week. This week, Dad, I pulled these wrestlers. I have included a video of my reading with commentary. Please deliver this to the writing team. Very important. <laughs> highest priority. Um, I um. I also realized that, like, I can't decide if I want to be Scarlet or if I want her to be my girlfriend. Okay. I feel like that's a common thing. It's what's common for me. But, yes, I, I feel like a lot of people are probably coping with it. But I think that's a common thing with a lot of, like, people who are enamored with a celebrity or something. Like, do I want to be true. them or do I want to date them? That's true. And sometimes it's both. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the answer is I want my own spiky PVC gloves and wrestling tarot cards, but... I want mm-hmm. us to read them together. Uh, Carrion says something very profound. <laughs> As he often does. And I think he was talking about farts, but you tell me. <laughs> you don't walk against the wind. <laughs> no, I mean, that's absolutely about farts. <laughs> I think it's like a sophisticated version of he who smelt it dealt it. Why do you think all of a sudden he's gunning for Rey Mysterio? Where the fuck did that come from? Because he has a title? I think he needs something to do. Yeah. It just seemed kind of <laughs> out of left field. They're like, well, uh, well. Drew, I almost said Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that Drew Carey rivalries over. He wanted to host uh, uh, Price is Right. Um, and I would absolutely watch The Price is Right as hosted by Carrie and Cross and Scarlet. <laughs> Come on down. Amazing. <laughs> uh, support your local humane society. I think Ray needs like a a sidekick. He does. Well, his last sidekick didn't work out so hot, so he's probably a little gun shy there. That's, <laughs> that's fair. That's what you get for bringing your kid to work. Absolutely. Not every day is bring your son to work day, Ray. Reap what you sowed. Uh-huh. So is there anything else before we move on to rawer pastures that you would uh, <laughs> like to say about SmackDown? You rendered smack? me unable to speak. Is there any smack we left on the table? Uh, no, I think we have done all the smack. Well, then as is a time-honored tradition, it's time to get raw. It's time to get raw. <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. That was really nice. Thank you. That's what it needed. It needed, like, a lead-in song. There we go. That was absolutely it. Copyright uh, Black Sabbath. Don't sue me. <laughs> better than war pigs there i said it it was part of war pigs wow so we already talked about sort of the kickoff to raw which brings us to a really great moment in technical wrestling jbl's poker invitational (laughs) (laughs) what a weird weird thing is going on it's so weird and i really loved it i did too it was one of those silly things that we talked about. Like sometimes the really silly things are a lot of fun. And this was very, very silly. Loomis proves to be a gem. Every time. Every time with his giant ass axe. <laughs> Which I, I love that. Like, where did you get that from, Dexter? Where was that? <laughs> just pulled it out of his ass. It I don't wasn't know. in those was tight amazing. ass pants that you wear. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't know how he just like stays so intense and never laughs never cracks he and like, i feel Sokoa. like they've got to try right that's got to be like the thing they probably all try it backstage like let's see if i can make you laugh i want to believe that he and solo sokoa have competitions of this nature like who can crack who first oh like people who try to make the um guards outside buckingham palace yes flinch but these stoic assholes cannot be broken that would be amazing i would totally watch that I wanted to ask you, in light of JBL's poker invitational, <laughs> um, <laughs> do you remember the APA at all? Do you remember when he was just Bradshaw? No. Okay. So when I started watching wrestling, he was Bradshaw. And okay. do you remember the guy who used to occasionally say damn in a really deep voice? He would just pop no. up and be like, damn. So that was Ron Simmons, who back in the day was Farouk. And they were a tag okay. team called APA. Okay. I don't remember what APA stood for. But they were a basically... A pair of assholes. Oh, Maybe oh. a pair of assholes. And we just dropped the <laughs> O. But they were like... I don't even know how to explain it. Like, you could hire them for protection, kind of like bodyguards or some shit. But they like they often had these like backstage segments where they were like drinking and playing cards and smoking cigars. Okay. So it was kind of like this throwback to his APA days. He used to have like 
they wore these plain black tights and he used to have this long stringy black hair jbl yeah because he was like 20 years younger oh my god that's so weird this i wouldn't be- know how to ugh, he's always been just jbl to me right like this is before like he came back and was like a fox news commentator and like his <laughs> entrance is like cows and stonks yeah so i just was like this has to be like an apa reference it absolutely has to be that's awesome because yeah, i was wondering I'm- where the hell it came from I'm going to see if I can find you some, like, old APA backstage segments. Okay. That sounds fun. There was also a point where, like, he's just kind of rapid fire insulting Dexter. And he's like, why do you have a purse? I assume you, do- I assume you don't get mail up at Crystal Lake. And Jason, I guarantee I did not invite you to. <laughs> and then he looks at Johnny Gargano. He's like, one and a half. <laughs> and I was like, JBL, you're an asshole, but you're an asshole who makes me laugh. I know I was laughing so hard at that. I was like, really good. Yeah. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. The only thing that I didn't find great about it was, you know, the evening progresses and Dominic was so Dominic Mysterio. So awkward. Oh my God. He's so awkward. When is he going to like, is he ever going to just chill out? I don't (sighs) fucking Dominic Mysterio. He's like me at a party. He's going to make everyone uncomfortable until he finally quits and goes home. <laughs> it was so weird. My deadbeat dad. It's like, can someone just give him some lines? Like, just write him some lines. Like, it's I not mean, that hard. My fear is that these are the lines they're writing for him. And this is as good as it gets. Or he forgets. And this is like all he can remember to say. My deadbeat dad. You're almost as short as my dad. I just. Amazing. All he can talk about is his dad. And I mean, it works on the level that it makes him extremely annoying. Yes. But, oh my gosh, he's extremely annoying. He's so annoying. And then there was, for me, like one other moment that I guess was outside the poker invitational. It's when the Miz (laughs) is trying to get in. And I was like, of course the Miz is a crypto guy. Of course he is. Oh my God, it's so good. And he, his Rolex is fake. Is this like Mrs. Downfall? Is he just going to end up being like broke? This is a very strange. Like he has no liquid assets because he had to give Loomis, what, two grand or something? Yes. <laughs> he owed him like just a little bit of money. Well, you know, the problem was he had to give him like two grand. But then for some reason he went out and bought a $25,000 handbag to put it in. And that yes. really pushed it over. He didn't realize he could just put it in a hefty bag. I also love that Loomis is just still handing out money left and right. It's so like wonderful. He doesn't understand what it's for. Gargano's uh, like, can we just put everything in the bag? <laughs> Too slow, Loomis. Move it. <laughs> and then I really liked, like, this is much, this is later in the night interspersed with this, but we've got Candace backstage. And, yes. like, she's she's kind of talking about how, like, you know, she's in it to win it against damage control and she has to do it for baby wrestling, which yeah. I think it's like Candace. I don't think baby wrestling gives a shit. No, but that's beautiful. You do what it's you got to do. It's still very cute. But like they just come trucking up with this <laughs> handbag full of cash. Interrupting her interview like, <laughs> yes. hey, hey, Candace, check it out. Look what we did. To be fair, though, if like if my partner has found a giant mentally unstable axe-wielding man with a giant purse full of cash like i want him to interrupt what i'm doing 
That's true. Maybe Johnny is baby wrestling. <laughs> She's got to manage him. Wrestling. Did you see Nikki like creeping out behind yes. the furniture in the back? That was hilarious. That whole segment just had the wildest energy. It was really weird. There was also this moment where I was going to like make a thruple joke <laughs> about them. And then Corey made a joke about it being like something advertised on Backpage. And I was like, oh, okay, we're all here. Great. I didn't hear that. What is Backpage? So Backpage was the classified section of the New Times, which is like a chain of kind of like alternative newspapers kind of thing. Okay. Um, and I mean, Backpages had like a lot of uses, right? Like you could sell your lawnmower, you could rent an apartment, but it also had like kind of misconnections and personal stuff. Okay. And it used to have, there's a name for it that I don't remember, but there was a scandal about it. You could list sex work services on Backpage also. Oh, okay. So there was a, and then like it got taken down because of, you know, trafficking allegations and whatever. But yeah. Anyway, um, Corey and I have never been so in sync. You're welcome. By the way, did you notice Corey's outfit? You know, I don't think I did. Take me back. He's like bringing back the hoodie underneath a peacoat look. Oh. Oh, I don't hate it. About that. I, 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 I like a hoodie under a peacoat. I think that's a classic look. Yeah. It's I grew very, up in uh, the 90s. I mean, this is, this is what it does. It's very Boondock Saints. <laughs> 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 oh, maybe that's what it is. Wow. Corey's going to be like, what are you going to do with a rope, Rambo? I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it either. Not at all. I think I need to watch that. I mean, that did give us Norman Reedus, so a very special time. Yeah. Yeah. Join us next Thanks, week guys. for the Boondock <laughs> Saints is for girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so going in a, in a completely uh, different direction, we have these uh, women's <laughs> triple threat matches tonight. Yes. And... I want to preface this by saying I think these are all very good. Yes. Um, so we've got our two matches are Asuka versus Rhea Ripley versus Bailey. Mm-hmm. And then our second match is Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, and Nikki Cross. Yes. And before we get there, we've got this little moment between Bailey and Becky. It's a little shit stirring. Mm-hmm. Um, my thought here is that they both look like one of their moms got them one of those battery-powered hair braiders from infomercials, and they just had the most amazing slumber party ever. I always wanted to try one of those, but I'm afraid they're just going to, like, destroy my hair. Just rip it out, yeah. They look scary. They do. <laughs> I was very interested in Rhea. Yes. There was a part when she says to Bailey, you can't boss me around. <laughs> Which is true. No one can boss Rhea around. That's very true. I don't think anyone can tell Rhea what to do. No. She is mommy, after all. Did the outcome of this match surprise you at all? You know what? The outcome of this match didn't surprise me in the slightest. With Bailey uh, taking mm -hmm. home the, the prize, but... Here's the thing. When we got Bailey winning this match, I thought, oh, Becky, in yep. the next match, we're going to have a Bailey versus Becky classic. Yep, I did too. 
of that. But was not the case. No, that was not the case. I don't know. What do you think about that? So I have some, I had some thoughts. So before the match had ended, I said, I, you know, wrote down, I think if Becky doesn't win, I wonder if it's because they're saving her for a Charlotte return. Cause I'm kind of obsessed with the Charlotte return thing. Feels imminent. Or they want us, if she, if she wins, then they set up something between Bailey and Becky. Mm-hmm. So that, what did I say? So that Alexa gets to go on to fight Bianca. That doesn't make sense, though. Why did I write that down? I'm trying well, to think of what I was thinking of there. It could make sense in that Alexa is focused on Bianca, and they are focused on who is going to be the challenger to whoever comes out of that with the title. Maybe that was it. Who that gets the shot? It. Yeah. That could be. I'm. I, I, what do you make of it? It's interesting to me because, you know, we've been kind of talking about Alexa and her her disinterest, right? And her disconnection. And I think they played that up more this week, almost beyond what was represented by the match. Like, guys, she doesn't seem that distracted to me in the match. I This is a weird. Yeah, I agree. And I think she's been doing a good job of selling that on her own. She doesn't really need you to pitch in from commentary, although I get that's why commentary is there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I like Alexa a lot, and I am happy to see Alexa in the title picture. Yeah. But I'm very curious as to how this fits in with, I mean, she had her little doll. It, it feels like she's headed back to the Wyatt family, right? Well, and when they showed her, like, kind of warming up backstage or whatever, there was a blip where the moth thing showed again. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's obviously something that's going to happen there. But let's see. I mean, are they going to have Bray wrestle before anything with that happens? So, if that's the case, I'm predicting June 2027 (laughs) is when we'll see something happen with Alexa and Bray. I mean, that, that feels fair. Maybe Alexa is going to wrestle Bray because she's like... The time for talk is over. Oh, it is time for so me to great. like bust out some cheerleading moves and destroy you. She takes off the the howdy mask and it's her. Yes. That would be so great. That would be pretty great. I would. Really and she's just been that. using a voice changer to make herself sound like Bray Wyatt, <laughs> changing his voice to make himself sound like Uncle Howdy. She's like, your first mistake was not seeing Scream Bray. Okay, that was your first mistake. Second That's mistake, everybody's first too mistake. Much. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So yeah. Was, oh, sorry. What did you yeah. think about that moment when Rhea and um Becky were like facing each other on the what is it, the gangway? I don't know what you call it. I've never called the it lead anything up. but the ramp. The ramp, yes. I don't know ramp. what you call it properly, but I've always called it the ramp. No, the ramp makes sense. What do you think I, of that? I feel like I'd like to see them fight a lot. I know. I'm really into that. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like Becky's kind of like balls to the wall style. Mm-hmm super suits what we've seen out of Rhea and Rhea is so like I don't know like you know sure Bianca stands in her way but I feel like Rhea has just been mowing through the women's division yeah and it would be kind of a great like old guard new guard thing Mm -hmm. so I would love to see them just kind of tear each other up I hope they I hope that this doesn't fizzle. I, I hope that Rhea isn't just like a distraction or a side thing and like, oh, 
that was great. We're back to Bailey and Becky and the Charlotte eventually. Like, I don't want that to happen. Like, I want Charlotte to come back. I want them all to wrestle, but I don't want it to be like, well, we got the old folks back in. Nope. That's how I feel, too. Like, I want to keep the momentum for everyone we currently have. And, like, yeah. look, if we can, there are a lot more male wrestlers, right? Just law of averages, the mm-hmm. more prominence of men's wrestling. If we can keep them all engaged, we can keep these women engaged. Absolutely. 100%. Um, plus, I, I feel like Rhea is one of dad's favorites. As she should be. As she, Like, she's earned that spot. That's not, like, unwarranted favoritism. Yeah. Also, no, like two, I, I know what you mean. Two years ago, she went as him for Halloween, so, you know. Oh my god, that's amazing. It was pretty great. So yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see where this all goes. Me too. We also um we got a visit from Seth Freakin' Rollins. <laughs> and then <laughs> he got a visit from Bobby Lashley. And then this whole thing sort of like kept spiraling into all these dudes who are still very, very <laughs> devoted to the United States title. Like the United <laughs> States title picture is the hottest girl at high school. They are taking her to the prom. Come hell or high water, one of them is going to emerge victorious. I feel like the <laughs> the United States title is Bella Swan. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Lashley is like, where you been, loca? Not around my waist. <laughs> it's just like, what is happening? Like all of these dudes coming out of the woodwork, like my girlfriend, no mine. Like Eric. <laughs> what was the other guy's name? The other friend. Oh, I can't remember. Was it Bobby? The boring one. Was it Bobby? The boring. Well, there's Eric. But was Mike the- Newton. Mike Newton. Thank you. Mike Newton. Yes. Eric, Eric is was the, the one that just kept saying la push. la push. He's got like the shag haircut and he's like really yes. off-putting. Yes. Okay, so let's let's get into some real like I mean, this is one that's only for the real hardcore wrestling nerds. Everybody okay. else turn off the podcast. Which Twilight guys are they if the title is Bella? Yeah. I mean, Seth is obviously Edward Cullen. He's beautiful. He sparkles. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. Is Austin Theory Mike Newton? I mean, he is profoundly boring. <laughs> but I feel like maybe Austin Theory <laughs> is Eric because he's the equivalent of La Push Baby. <laughs> if La Push true. Baby could be a person, it would That's be Austin very Theory. True. Uh, I think I think maybe Mike Newton is um Mustafa Ali because there's really nothing wrong with Mike Newton he's just a little vanilla you know he's just kind of off to the side and then I think Bobby Lashley is Jacob because of his like insane werewolf rage I think that's fair I think he's turning into a werewolf and he's going through all that weird puberty stuff and it's why he's so mad all the time I was also going to suggest James. Wasn't that his name? The Yes. Yes. The lunatic from the first one. Yes, absolutely. Well, now that that's over. (laughs) That will never be over. That will never, ever be over. Twilight forever. (laughs) So one thing I was thinking is like, before they kind of show Seth and he's like dancing around backstage and making (laughs) these weird faces. And I was just like, does he just do, like, I'm just wondering if like, he does dumb shit to make his daughter laugh. 
and like he's like that works for her so it'll probably work in the wwe universe that'd be so cute i love it would that. be cute um what the hell was happening with his hair during that match did you I, when he well mostly when he was talking to bobby no i'd love to know if you have any it answers was, it was like super like parted very neatly but then just yeah. like slicked down so hard like a poindexter nerd kind of situation (laughs) i don't understand what was happening with his hair i mean i guess there's like a couple options one he legitimately thought that looked good he was like i mean miley cyrus brought back the wet look i could do the wet look (laughs) two his hair is so frizzy and broken from bleach that he's like i have no choice i've got to i gotta slick it back because part of it was slicked and the rest of it wasn't i was just like what happened what happened here it was disgusting. <laughs> it was. Seth, we love you, but you got to stop. He looked he looked like one of the fabulous freebirds. Do you remember Michael Hayes? He was um, way back in the day. He was like a manager for Matt and Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. Vaguely. Like, he, he, and he was one of the fabulous freebirds. He looked like a freebird. With like <laughs> the greasy hair. It's like, oh, stop. Yeah, that was really weird. So, it, so Bobby and Seth are going to have a match. Yes. To find out which of them gets to challenge Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. Who gets to take Bella to prom. Yes. And then backstage, Austin Theory was talking about dumb shit. I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about half the time. His promo work was awful on Monday. I was ashamed for him. Like, I really thought the week before he was having to ham fist in some points, but he was doing his best. Yeah. This was shit. Well, I guess what I'm curious about, because he keeps talking about how he's like current. He's the now. He's not even the future. He's the now. And that like, just because he's like, we're not supposed to point out that he's younger. So I'm just really wondering like what he thinks is supposed to be new about him compared to Seth and Bobby. Like, what does he do that's so now? Right. Like. You don't want to be pointed out that you're younger, so it can't just be because you're younger. What What's the now? I feel like Austin Theory is a great meta-narrative on people who like want to tell you who they are. Mm-hmm. But it's just this concept, and there's not actually anything. Because they don't even know. Right. Like, it, it's yeah. all marketing in their head. You know, it's like personal marketing. <laughs> yeah. So he's, like, mad at them. Mm-hmm. And then Mustafa Ali shows up. Bless yes. him. He's and trying. He's ma- and he doesn't take Austin Theory serious. And so that makes Austin doesn't. Theory mad. Mm-hmm. And then he Austin- also wants the title. He yes. also wants to take Bella to prom. He wants to be taken seriously by Bella. And he doesn't understand why she hates fun and friendship at all. Yeah. Like he's offering her something nice. And no. Mm-hmm. No. He's such a nice person. <laughs> he really he really is. But, you know, Mustafa Ali doesn't sneak into the title's bedroom and watch it sleep at night, and that's no. the kind of thing that the title is interested in apparently. That's, unfortunately, the title has really absorbed some of the darker narratives about what romance <laughs> means in this day and age, and it's unfortunate to see. I mean, the title is really never going to evolve until a fully-fledged human being, which I guess makes sense cuz it's a title <laughs> belt, but 
So they have this match, right? Like Austin's right. like, I'll just fight you right now. So there's a championship match. And I, I found this one part really interesting. So during the SmackDown World Cup, mm-hmm. which I we still are blending the show so much, Mustafa Ali wrestled Ricochet on that one. Yes. And I remember they were saying, who, by the way, both of them born in the States. Yes. And yes. they were like, this is like, this is Pakistan versus the U.S., so they they played it off like that, right? Right. And then they're talking about the uh, commentary. I don't know if it was Kevin Patrick that was talking about it. I don't remember who it was. But they were saying that, like, Ali had cut this promo about how he's saying, like, he's never American enough. Yes. And I just found that really interesting because now they're, like, singing this song of, like, He's, you know, he's got something to prove because he doesn't feel American enough. By the way, we also agree we, <laughs> he's, you know, ethnically Pakistani apparently. So we're just gonna say he's from Pakistan for the sake of this World Cup. Like it was just so weird. It's very much in the line of like a lot of what they do on WWE. It kind of felt like, it felt like grading a student paper with a kernel of something really interesting in it. Yes, <laughs> like. Mustafa Ali has this sort of like in-depth political commentary going on what it means to be American yeah, and how he works so hard to be the best American he can be, but is never fully accepted as an American quote unquote. And then of course this like pursuit of the United States title, the championship, he can never be good enough to get it. He can never, you know, Mm -hmm. get to the top of the mountain. It's like, okay, but it's buried under like four pages of just absolute stupid horse shit that somebody copied from Wikipedia and rephrased. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you're doing a great job, buddy. You're doing the best you can with what you have, but they just keep making these dumb, they just keep shoehorning things in. Like, yes. Well, it's supposed to be a world cup. Well, we sure as shit don't have enough nationalities represented. (laughs) So let's just make them the fuck up. I mean, not that he has no connection to no, being but Pakistani, it's, but it's like yeah. he's not from Pakistan. He's from Chicago. Right. You guys <laughs> literally just did this to him where you told him he was not American yes. enough to represent America. And now you're like, you know, there's actually something really interesting <laughs> to be said about this. <laughs> and I we guess are like, so profound here on WWE. Like you know, we're just we're just being the devil's advocate, just asking the questions that everybody's afraid to answer. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. <laughs> Should hear from both sides. <sighs> I mean, like really, all speech is good speech when you get right down to it. So, oh God. I feel like. A- no, you go ahead. Oh, I, if if you're going to talk about this point, go ahead because I was going to say something else. No, all I was going to say is, is that you know, if I was the U.S. championship, I would 100 percent go to prom with Mustafa Ali, but. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Right. Although he does seem more interesting than Mike Newton on the surface. Absolutely, um, yes. So there's a part where Austin Theory, where they're wrestling, and he, and he yells at Ali, you're in the now, you hear me? <laughs> you are in the now. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I, what does that mean? In the now sounds like a really terrible kids' current events talk show that airs on PBS at 3 o'clock on Wednesdays. Which would probably have been something I aspired to as a child. Absolutely. Like, I'm going to be an anchor on In the Now when I'm 13. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did you have Channel One in your high school? No. Oh, my oh, gosh. Okay. We were we were way too small. We didn't have anything like that. Oh, okay. 
what what is you know channel what channel one? one is though right no i even know what it is oh so channel one was this like news thing that like went to schools i don't really know how it was but i think um there were some like actual famous people who were on channel one they were like anchors and they would just like you know give like quick updates on world events and you you they showed it in school oh my gosh it was, that's like, really neat 15 minutes yeah i want to say was there's somebody really famous who was on channel one now i can't remember anyway that's 100 percent news to me i don't mean to detract you only added thank you so yeah i mean if, if we have to have a takeaway from this situation like what is our takeaway from the united states championship picture that's a fucking mess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it is the social scene in forks it is absolutely fucked that's true yeah i i guess i guess too like for me the austin theory match with mustafa ali was obviously another great performance from mustafa ali but there was like this this ugly botch spot and i was just like oh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. well and then like Dolph Ziggler comes like yes roaring in and i'm just like i mean i always like to see Dolph Ziggler because he's nuts but now what is this guy also gonna try to be like what is happening like i just they kind of like backed themselves into a corner with this u.s championship and now they're trying Mm -hmm. to make the most of it and i'm here for it because it is crazy and i'm really enjoying it but like when all is said and done i mean is bella just gonna be you know left on a cliff somewhere because everyone's abandoned her and she's gonna jump into the water to feel something you know, I think Dolph Ziggler might be, like, the bad boy who takes Bella on that motorcycle ride so she can feel the rush and see Edward. Is he Jacob? Oh, that one gross guy. Like, in that the random st- dude who's, like, and 40. And Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week when Twilight is for girls. <laughs> this was our terrible plan all along. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, I guess, oh, I just got so excited that I got 100% lost in my notes. I guess that's that's the power of what we're talking about here. It is. So I'm gonna, we're going to skip over a few things we mutually agreed were entertaining and fun, but not, not something we're going to dig too deep into. And we're going to close out the show with your favorite wrestler and, I mean, just the apple of your eye, Dominic Mysterio, versus our new friend... Akira Tozawa, whose name I'm probably not saying properly. That's the first time I've seen Akira Tozawa wrestle. Like, I've seen him show up in other things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who's this dude? And, like, finally get to see him wrestle, which was fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's a welcome addition. I'm happy to meet him. Dominic continues a tradition of being a pretty decent seller of things. Yeah. I will give him that. He kind of oversold a few things. <laughs> he's dramatic. He was, like, he was like a spinning tornado in the air at one point, but... Um, they call Akira the Shining Wizard. Do they Apparently? call him that, or is that a move that he does? Because there is a, a oh, move is it a move the Shining Wizard? Yes. Oh, okay. Because I kept, I thought they kept calling him that. And I've never heard that before. Okay, so that's a move. I'm willing to accept that I could have missed that they're calling him that, but I do know, um, no, like Shane Helms used to do the Shining Wizard. So no, that makes a lot more sense because there was something that like during oh God, sir. 
was it a Survivor Series? Someone mentioned kendo, a shining wizard and a kendo stick. And I was yeah. like, shining? What the fuck is that? So, okay, thank you. That helps. That's some Gandalf shit up in here. <laughs> Though I do like <laughs> the idea of calling a wrestler the shining wizard. That's amazing. I kind of like it, too. Like, I would really appreciate it if there was a wrestler who fully committed to wizardry as his gimmick. I know. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, right? he thinks he's casting spells. Or, I don't, that'd be so... <laughs> or she. Or she. Equal opportunity. Yeah, Graves absolutely. continues to make, like, these, like, backhanded compliments yes. of Dominic. And it's just, like, they're amazing, and I love them, and I don't know. I don't know. What are they going to do with Dominic? Like, it's like they keep putting him in things. They need to use him for something. We haven't seen Judgment Day do much lately. I know. And I, do you know what I keep thinking about is like, I feel like the one thing, you know, I always had this theory that, you know, Judgment Day was just using him for who he was and they were going to discard him like used toilet paper. But, you know, it feels like Finn and Damien really love the little shit. You know, they're like, they're always supporting him. They're always there for him. And I was thinking it's going to be so sad when Rhea turns on him and she won't let them be his friends anymore. I'm looking forward to that day. Like, I am really ready for Rhea and Dominic to break up. I don't know. Yeah, she's probably ready for it, too. The whole mommy thing still freaks me out. I don't know what it is. Are Are you saying that you're going to shame that kink? I am shaming it. I mean, it's okay. You know, we all have the right to shame that kink or claim that kink as feels appropriate to us. I think it's because it's Dominic <laughs> that's involved. <laughs> like... I don't know. So like if there was Finn someone was, better. Finn was calling her mommy. You'd be like, all right. I don't know. It still weirds me out. It is a little, it's, it's a little, and I mean, it's definitely designed to be uncomfortable. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, still sick of the shoulder shimmy. I know mm. that's his. Hey, I'm Eddie Guerrero. But like I said, 10 weeks ago, I don't know when it was like, Dom, you got to come up with something else. You yeah. need some more heel moves, buddy. You know what I think he's got to do? And I, so I feel like he's probably got some match with dad that we're going to see at some major pay-per-view. I would assume. Lord knows that could be WrestleMania itself, right? Yeah. Who knows when that's going to happen? But I, I yeah. feel like what I want for Dominic, because as much as, you know, he is just a little shit. I want to see him self-actualize. Like, well, who's Dominic Mysterio? Cause, mm -hmm. And I mean, this is, I think this is a good bit of story craft, right? Like, the only remarkable thing about Dominic Mysterio is who his father is, right? He hates yep. him, but, like, Dominic, you're nothing without him. So I, I'm kind of interested to see who he's going to become when and if he pushes past that a little. Like, what's going to be under that first layer of the onion? Yeah. Who will... Who will our ladies' they, man be? I hope they do that because I think it would be a real shame if it's just this all the time and then he's gone or then he just suddenly is a different character or whatever the case may be. Like, right. Do something. Yeah, like, I don't know, maybe. So when we had that moment where it was like, oh, Austin Theory is actually going to make something interesting out of this. He's going to be that. He's going to do this thing where he realizes that he was exactly who people said he was and now he has to prove otherwise. That feels like the kind of gimmick that maybe eventually Dominic Mysterio could work out of. And maybe it would work out better. I think maybe they're waiting for him to be able to like cut a decent promo. 
Well, yeah, it's it's a work in progress, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> you definitely can't like. Yeah, he'd have to go from zero to sixty pretty quickly. Right. I I think you know I think he may be kind of a victim to that thing that always happens in wrestling. It's like, what's well, somebody we want to push up to the main roster right now? Well, they're not ready. Yeah. And I, you know, if you were gonna bring him up and just do a short program with Ray and then disappear him for a while, that that's one mm-hmm. thing. But yeah. He's been around a while now, hasn't he? Yes, he's been with us for quite a time. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, he's like my uh, elementary school report card. He fails to demonstrate improvement. I just feel like there's probably a lot of wrestlers who have children who are of wrestling age that would love to have this kind of chance. So I'm just curious how this happens because it's not like Dominic Mysterio is like Charlotte Flair, right? Like he's not a fucking prodigy. So like... He's not an Uso. What did Ray have to do to like, what strings did he have to pull? You know, I, th- I think everybody just likes Ray. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's just like, hey man, can my kid wrestle? He's nice. <laughs> I, I like him, kind of. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. So uh, do you have any any last thoughts about this week's Raw that you might want to? Um... They advertised um, a Ric Flair documentary. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. And like, of course, it looks batshit. Um, yeah. And for whatever reason, I'm fixated on Charlotte returning. The documentary is supposed to air on the 26th of December. Mm. Merry Christmas. Merry flair Do you feel like, I was going to say, like, is that going to coincide with a Charlotte return, but there's no pay-per-view. Do you think she shows up at the Rumble? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. And, you know, maybe that's just my hope talking, but I'm ready for. I know some people feel that Charlotte Flair is played out. I personally don't. So, I think she's been gone long enough that like, yeah, she could do some really interesting, especially because there's a lot more new blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, I like the idea. It probably is my hope talking too, but I think that would be cool. Yeah, I'm right there with that's you. That's all I had. All right. Well. Um, I th- I think that's it then. I think we have uh, recapped the week in wrestling. There's nothing left to talk about. So everybody else, you know, you don't have to write your articles and do your podcast. We got you covered. Yeah, and well, you know, we talked about Twilight enough, right. so, so I think Twilight fit- fandom can also chill for the remainder of the week. Yeah, I think we've checked all our boxes. Absolutely. So uh, thank you for joining us again for Wrestling Is for Girls. Just as a reminder, you can find our new episodes and a nice back catalog of our past work on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also go to our website and find all of our episodes there. And you can come say hi on Twitter at WIF Girls Podcast. And uh, we would love to hear from you. So have a great week. And, you know, in the infamous no longer use words, of Santos Escobar, be safe.